Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. The fifth psalm. We'll be looking at verse 11. First, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach your word, we do so with reverence and humility. Inviting the Holy Ghost to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us, and to teach us. We believe, dear Father God, for revelation knowledge to flood our spirits. And for our minds to be renewed to what you have to say to our hearts this morning. We expect great and mighty things. And your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish that which you purpose and please and prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. For it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I believe for utterance in the Holy Ghost to proclaim with boldness, dear Father God, this living word that makes men free. Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim, dear Father God, this truth in power and in might. And we'll be quick to give you the glory and honor for all that's accomplished in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A quick review from Wednesday night before we continue here in Psalm 5. We said between every prayer of faith and its manifestation is a wilderness. Some think it's a jungle. But it's a wilderness. You ever been there when you thought it was a jungle? I thought so. But it's a wilderness. And how we act in that wilderness is going to determine how long it takes for that manifestation to come. And in some cases it will determine whether or not it does come. You see, God's not slow, but there are certain things that have to happen before He can get things manifested in this realm of life in which we live. Did you know that? That's just the way things work. It has to come from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. And that's a process. Not everything is instantly manifested. We have to acknowledge that and realize that. And you can see that throughout all the Scriptures. And so how we act after we pray that prayer of faith and before we actually see its manifestation is very important, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? No, the Bible does not say for us to cry and complain and murmur in the wilderness after we pray our prayer of faith, does it? As a matter of fact, I read somewhere in the Bible, you may know where it's at, uh, you know, it escapes me right now. (laughs) Count it all joy. Somewhere in James, chapter 1, somewhere around. I don't know exactly where it's at. Maybe verse 2, 3. Count it all joy. Right? When you fall into ecstasy. Marvelous situations of joy. No, count it all joy when you face difficulties in life. Well, that's unnatural, isn't it? That's not normal, is it? If we went by our natural emotional reactions, we want to be like those individuals in the wilderness who complained about everything and murmured, wouldn't we? Because that is human nature. It's a natural tendency. Well, we've got to renew our minds to start thinking like God thinks. You say, well, why does God think like that? I don't know. Ask Him. 
When you get up there in heaven and say, now, Lord, we had a problem. You said, count it all joy. Why do you think like that? I guess he knows a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. He should. He wrote it. <laughs> Amen. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And so he knew that if we just maintain a merry heart throughout all the trials and troubles and situations of life, then he can produce medicine. It'll affect a healing and a cure. It'll bring about a glorious victory. Amen. Well, if that's the case, then how we act in the wilderness, that is, is going to determine the outcome. Then we better remember that praise is the highest expression of our faith toward God. And so if you've prayed the prayer of faith, what's your highest expression of that faith? Praise. Praise and worship. In other words, you prayed. Situation didn't change. But you believe that God heard you. You believe God is moving. And so you begin to do what? Oh, it's me. I asked God to do this and I don't see anything happening. Like someone told me when they came to the altar. Believe this or not. It's true. I don't know why I'm up here. You'll pray, but I won't get anything. Just like never. I said, yes, you will. You'll get nothing. You'll get something and that something is nothing. Because that's what you believe. See, that person was prepared for defeat. And you knew the moment prayer was offered, they're just going to go back to the pew and do what? Complain. <laughs> Absolutely. But you see, we, we shouldn't act like that. We've got to learn to do what the Word says to do and act accordingly. Well, now, since praise and worship is the highest expression of our faith toward God, then we need to learn something about it, don't we? And we said Psalm 81, you don't have to turn there. If you weren't here Wednesday, write, write it down or get a tape. But it says in Psalm 81, we have there a revelation of a covenant of praise that we have with God. And in that psalm or that covenant of praise, God made us an offer we can't refuse. First Godfather, make us an offer we can't refuse. Amen. 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 And what was that? He said, if you'll learn how to praise me in the wilderness... If you learn how to praise me in the difficult places, if you learn how to, to worship me and glorify me and stay focused on who I am, even in times of difficulty, then I will. What will you do, Lord? I will deliver you from the hand of your enemy. I'll turn my hand against your adversary. That's what he said he would do if we would learn to do our part. But this covenant is conditional. Why does he make it hard? <laughs> What's it based on? What are the conditions? Our actions. It depends on how we act. See, it's based on what we do. If we act like we don't believe anything, then God is not responsible to fulfill the covenant. But if we act as he said to act, that is, praise me and worship me, even in times of trouble, he then is obligated to do what? To fulfill the covenant. And the third thing he said he would do would be he would satisfy us with honey out of the rock. Not only would he provide our needs, but he would also satisfy us with honey out of the rock. And I'm going to recall that he fed and took care of the Israelites in the wilderness. But how many know he was upset when all they did was murmur and complain? Isn't that true? And Israel would not keep that covenant of praise with God 
And as a result, they were given over to the enemy. Very often. And they were defeated. Well, we don't want to be defeated, do we? You remember that story about Paul and Silas? Remember there in Acts where it says that they were put in jail in the innermost prison? And they were beaten on their backs and all that. They were chained up, bound in chains and fetters. And then they prayed and complained to God, it says. Doesn't say that. It's prayed and murmured. They prayed and what? See, you've got to remember the end. They prayed and. And what? Prayed and praised. They all heard him pray and praise. Prayer is not enough. You pray the prayer of faith, but don't stop there. Because, you see, when you start praising, God gets to dancing. When God gets to dancing, He starts moving His foot. Heaven is His throne, the earth is His footstool. When He moves that foot, the jail shakes. The doors blow open. The chains fall off. Everybody's set free. Everybody, not just one, everybody's set free. Isn't that what it said? Everybody's bands were loosed. Do you like that? In other words, somebody cashed in on their glory. <laughs> right? That glory was intended for Paul and Silas. But they got close to Paul and Silas and got set free. You say full of the glory of God, people around you get set free too. <laughs> Started a church there. And then we saw the story of Jehoshaphat. He had three armies coming against him and Judah. Three armies. Three forces. Three enemies. I call them the devil, the world, and the flesh. If you spiritualize it, that's what it represents. And what were they wanting to do? They weren't going there to have a, invite them to a picnic. Or a party, were they? They were going to wipe them off the face of the earth, weren't they? And so what they did was prayed. They set themselves to pray. And seek the Lord. And when they did, God spoke by His Spirit and moved. And what did He say to do? Get all the biggest complainers together. Give them all a kazoo. Let them all chime in together. And those fanatics that like to praise in hard places, put them back in a corner somewhere and shut them up. Stick a sock in their mouth. Don't let them say a word. Is that the revelation that came forth? No. It didn't say that? No. said do what? Get all the praisers, those that are skilled. Get all the trumpeters together. Get those that believe in praising my name. And not in soft tones either. Gather them together. Mount them up. And sent them out. And it says that after they did, God did. Did you hear that? When they kept the covenant, so did God. And God set ambushments. And they were overcome. And you talk about honey out of the rock. The spoil. It took them three days to gather all the gold and the silver and the jewelry and all the jewels and all that. Three days. Has some big pockets. Can you imagine the size of that purse? Dear Lord. I mean, they were blessed, weren't they? Well, then we went on to say that since it's so important, we need to be schooled and taught in the New Testament times 
about how to worship and praise God better. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I don't think we can ever learn enough about worshiping and praising God. I believe we've we've got to become more skilled at it. Taught well so that we know how God expects us to act. I mean, if it's that important. And let me tell you this. If God really does inhabit those praises of his people like he said he does, and it seems as though he does. Can you imagine what it would be like when God's people really learn how to worship him in spirit and in truth? Can you imagine the glory which is of the new covenant, which is more glorious than the old, that will be made manifest among the people of God? If they couldn't stand by reason of the cloud, we probably couldn't stay laying on the ground. Because God will pick you up. I mean, God's glory will be so manifested in our lives, in our public meetings, I think it will speak for itself. As he said, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. And how is that to come to pass? When God's people really learn how to worship and bless Him. And if you want that to happen in the hard places and difficult situations of life, then we'll learn to do the same thing. Can you imagine how difficult it was for Paul and Silas? Can you imagine how hard it was to praise with your back bleeding like that? And the pain, the awful pain and torment they were in. But they praised. I like that. What an example. One word, so we talked about some words, and one word we talked about was the word yada. Y-A-D-A-H. It's a Hebrew word for praise. And learning about these different Hebrew words for praise will help instruct us in worshiping and praising God. And yada implies the lifting up of the hands. See, sometimes people say, well, well, why do you lift up your hands that way? Now, mind you, lifting up of your hands is not necessarily worship, because worship comes from where? The hands must be lifted as an extension of what's in your heart. And if there's nothing in your heart, then when you lift up your hands, nothing goes up. But I'm telling you, if there's love inside your heart, if there's gratitude inside your heart, if there's thankfulness inside your heart, then when you express that by lifting up your hands, it's like a sweet-smelling savor. It's like incense. And God receives it. See, we have to see ourselves that way. He said, the psalmist that is, let the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. Let my prayer be set forth before you as incense. And the lifting of my hands, that's yada. See, if you weren't here with us on Wednesday, then you don't know this, but we yadded. Last Wednesday night, we yadded. Didn't we? If you were here, you know we did. Lifting up those holy hands without wrath and without doubting, but having something to give. Because it came from here. We lifted up those hands, and it was like an incense, like an evening sacrifice. And the Father was well pleased. And so, you see, it's important to understand that, because that's why we do it. We don't just, in vain repetition, throw them up. We search the heart first, don't we? And then we express that. The second word is tota, T-O-W-D-A-H. It also means to extend the hand, but not necessarily like Yada, to lift it up in worship. It means like to extend your hand to agree. If you agree to meet somebody somewhere and they say, let's shake on it, what do you do? You should put out that hand and say, I agree. That's Toda. And then we talked about Jonah. Remember that? Jonah didn't agree with God. You remember that? 
God wanted him to go to Nineveh and preach? He said no. Then he thought he was faster than God. Then he thought he found a fish that was faster than God. (laughs) Even the fish couldn't help him escape. And you know, there in the belly of that fish, he finally came to grips with himself. And what did he do? He finally agreed with God. Didn't he? Toda, see, implies a sacrifice. And it's translated sometimes sacrifice of Toda. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. You'll see that as a matter of fact. And you can write it down for those of you that weren't here. In Psalm 107 and verse 20. Where it talks about he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our, our destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and wonderful works to the children of men and sacrifice the sacrifice of Toda. Remember that verse? Oh, that men would sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving or Toda. It's a sacrifice. Why is it a sacrifice? Because you don't feel like doing it. Because everything in your being, everything in your makeup does not want to agree with the Word of God. But Lord, I hurt. Lord, I'm in pain. Look at my circumstance. Look at my situation. And so we try to escape that and and just agree with what our senses tell us. But you see, the word doesn't say that. Sacrifice Toda. I would say this. When Paul prayed and sang praises, that was a sacrifice. Wouldn't you say? It was a sacrifice that they offered to God. And God wants us to do that. To offer up the sacrifice. To agree with him, even though we don't feel like it. To agree with the word, even though we don't feel like it. And that's exactly what Jonah decided to do. And he said, those... Who look at lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And he realized that's what he was doing. And so he stopped looking at his circumstances around him and he began to agree with the word of God. And when he got in line with the word of God, God began to move. Got him out of the belly of the fish. And he did his business for God. But total means that. It's a sacrifice. As a matter of fact, and we we looked at this verse. As a matter of fact, hold your place there. Let's look at this, this verse and then we'll go on to our next word and we'll pick it up. Look at Psalm 69 first and verse 30. 69. Psalm 69. I want to show you why it's important to understand some of these words. Psalm 69 and verse 30. Hold your place in Psalm 5. We're going right back to it. Verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. And will magnify him with Toda. You know Toda magnifies God? Toda magnifies God. Agreeing with him in times of difficulty by offering a sacrifice magnifies God. Now look at the next verse. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock. That hath horns and hoofs. Now what's he talking about? This is a better sacrifice than what they offered in the Old Testament. Isn't that true? See, they had to offer up that, that ox, that bullet. But we don't. We offer Toda. What is that? Agreeing with God's word in situations that are disagreeable as far as our emotions are concerned. No, I agree with God. Get that hand of yours and say like this. Lord, if you were in trouble like I'm in trouble, I'd help you. You tell him that first. (laughs) And then you say, now, Lord, I'm in trouble. And so I'm just going to stand right here and say, I agree with your word. Let's shake on that. 
I agree with your word above my emotions, above my feelings, above my circumstances. I agree with your word. I agree with your word. And that pleases him. That's better than a a burnt offering. Now go on back to Psalm 5. And let's pick it up there and let's give our third word for praise. We're to lift up our hands before him and extend ourselves from within. We're also to extend our hand in agreement with this word even though our emotions may disagree. And now the third word is Shabbat. S-H-A-B-A-C-H. It's found in here, Psalm 5. It's implied here in Psalm 5, verse 11. And what it means is to shout with a very loud voice. I can see it now. (laughs) It means a shout with a very loud voice. It is translated in the scriptures as praise, glory, or triumph. Praise, glory, or triumph. And very often you will find it implied in the scriptures. In verse 11, Psalm 5 it says, But let all those that put their trust in thee be sad. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Now wait a minute. Did you ever go to a bank, make a deposit? Aren't you saying, I trust you with my money? Do you walk away and say, well, now I wonder what they're going to do. How many of you do that? And start complaining? You don't do that, do you? When you put your trust in someone, you leave it there. You walk away rejoicing, you know how much money you have in your account. You know what? When you put your trust in God, I put my trust in God. You can walk away and rejoice. You put your trust in yourself, you can walk away and be sad. Because you can't depend on yourself. Can you? But you can depend on your God. I put my trust in you, Lord. Someone says, why are you shouting? I trust God. You know, trusting God will just do something to get you to shouting. I'm not talking about half-heartedly trusting God. I'm not talking about giving Him a part of your trust. But I'm talking about when you know you're in a difficult place, and you know you have taken of yourself and say, Father, I totally commit this to your trust. Amen. 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 Trust in Him. I'm confident that I gave this problem to you. Now, why do you think he said shout? Because you're going to have a devil come along and say, do you really think that God is working on your behalf right now? Just because you prayed that simple little prayer of faith. Why, who are you? You don't preach anywhere. You're not on the radio. You don't even teach a Sunday school class at church. Who are you? You just go to work. In a factory. You're just a teacher. You're just this. You're just that. Who are you? He's going to come along. But you know what? If you're shouting, you won't hear him. Do you hear that? I said, if you're shouting, you won't hear him. So he said, once you trust him, shout. You want to see it? Let's read it. 
But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice, and let them ever shout for joy. Because Satan's come along to make you sorrowful. You're not good enough for God to answer your prayer. God didn't hear you. Besides, you're just a nobody. You think God's going to work that miracle for you? But you see, if you're shouting, you won't hear any of that. You're too busy shouting for joy. Now, notice why. Because you defend them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Now, notice this. For thou, Lord, will, will bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass. Amen. Notice that word compass or crown him with a what? That word there in the Hebrew does not mean little shield, it means big shield. You do look it up, it means a big shield. And notice this. When you put your trust in him, what he's saying is this. God will begin to defend you. Didn't he say he would do that in the, in the covenant of praise in Psalm 81? Yeah. He'll protect you. He'll defend you if you'll open up your mouth and praise him. So you put your trust in him and now you begin to shout. While you're shouting, he crowns you with glory. A shield of glory. All around you. And see, when the devil's coming along trying to get you out of faith and get you out of love and get you out of joy and get you into self-guilt and condemnation and all that, you can't hear him. You're protected by a shield. And with that shield of faith, you quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Can you see that? Can you see that? You're trusting in God. And now you're rejoicing. And those shouts of praise God is inhabiting. He crowns you with a shield of protection to defend you from all the onslaught of the enemy. I don't know about you, but that's worth rejoicing and shouting over. Amen? Amen. In actuality, beloved, you know what it actually means? A volume of worship. I heard one preacher say on the radio one time, I am so, so excited about the things of God. And someone else who was interviewing him said, well, how excited are you? He said, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And that's all he kept saying. Just, just. Real soft. No, no expression whatsoever. And I thought, if you were really excited, how can you contain it? It wouldn't matter to me if you was on a radio or in McDonald's. If you are excited and that excitement is inside your heart, you can't hold back. It's a joy unspeakable. It's full of glory. Will you not express that joy and excitement in a way that's loud? Somewhat anyhow. Now, I know it's going to take t- a, a hard thing. You know, it's going to be a hard thing. Take time to get some to turn up the volume. Your setting's been on low for so long. I understand that. There was a time my setting was on off. I'll tell you what. I went to a Pentecostal church where they shouted when they lifted up their hands and all that. And I thought they were all lunatics. I never saw anything like it in my life. Church I came out of didn't do anything like that. Nobody was expressive at all. And so I went to that church service. I sat on both my hands. Both of them. And I said, there's anybody in this place could get me to lift up my hands like that. Or shout or make all those noises. Don't they know this is a public meeting? What's wrong with them? How many of you know if you hang around a slippery creek bank, you're going to fall in? 
I hung around too long. <laughs> I just fell right on in. And I began to find out why. Because when you got it on the inside, you'll show it on the outside. It means a volume of worship. I want you to see this. Look at the book of Isaiah for an example. For an example. Isaiah 6. See, if we're not careful to look to the Word of God, you know, with great intensity and meditate some things, we overlook some things. In this verse of Scripture, we get caught up in, in, in seeing God high lifted up on the throne. His train fills the temple. Isaiah, he's just amazed at what he sees. But I want you to see something here. Verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, also, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Above it stood... The seraphims, each one had six wings, with twenty covered his face, with twenty covered his feet, and with twenty did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, do you think that cry of the angel was a soft cry? Or do you think it was a loud cry? You think it had great volume to it? Well, I know it did because look at the next verse. And the posts of the door moved. Did you see that? We're not talking about something that I built. I didn't build that house. That's a heavenly home. His voice was so loud, their voices were so loud, when they cried out, holy, 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 the doorposts moved over there in heaven. The posts of the door moved. And at the voice that is of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. I guarantee you right now, if you can shout that loud to get your house filled with that kind of smoke, you'd do it. Wouldn't you? I said, wouldn't you? But I want you to see something here. There's something to this. Someone says, but you don't understand. I don't want to be loud when I, you know. I'm not saying you have to always always do that. You know, like again, vain repetitions and all that. I'm talking about, you've got to get to a place sometimes in your spiritual life that you shout. Somewhere, someplace, God moving upon your heart like that. Shabak's got to be in there somewhere. Wouldn't you say? Shabbat has got to be there somewhere. Somewhere. I remember just meditating on the things of God. Walking down the street one time. You know you can get caught up in meditating in the things of God. You forget about your surroundings. Did you ever do that? And I was walking down the street. When all of a sudden I just let out a yell. Hallelujah. I went. Just like a little shout, you know. And then I thought, dear Lord, there's all these people around me looking. What? I was just in my own little world. I was just thinking about some things that God did, how God was moving, and then I was thinking about some revelation that came to me right at that moment. See, Shabbat doesn't just mean, I say shout, you shout. I don't mean that. I'm talking about you get so hooked up, so connected, so in tune, and God does something, it makes you shout. From the inside. And that's what I did at that time. It was a Shabbat. It was a shout. I remember in difficult situations, and this is again the value and the importance of meditation, how important it is. And as I began to meditate the Word of God, 
prayed the prayer of faith and I continued meditating the Word of God, I thought about how real God is. I thought about all the marvelous things He did and continues to do for those that love Him. And once again, it just began to well up on the inside. And you get to a place that you just begin to shout because you know you have the victory. You know, sometimes you're going to shout because you know you have the victory. And other times you'll shout to get the victory. You know the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your fortified place. How many of you know that? How many know the scripture says, and if you want joy, you're going to have to shout for it. Did you ever hear a low shout? Or a soft shout? Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, let me get your volume. Let's turn that baby up. A little louder. You say, well, why? Well, I'll show you why. Turn with me to the book of Joshua. Chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. First one says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And when... And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets. This is verse 4. Of ram's horns. Joshua 6, verse 4. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet... All the people shall softly mention my name. Shall do what? Shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall. Down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Well, move on down to verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the re-reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days, and it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed even it. And all that are therein to the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live she, and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now, beloved, you'll notice that they did exactly what God told them to do. And when they shouted with a great shout, with a loud shout, those walls came down. 
You say, well, what's that got to do with me? I don't know about you, but I just believe in being biblical about these things. And if God at times would instruct us to shout to get to victory, what would you do? We could have been one of those back there and said, look, I'm too reserved to shout, Lord. Right? We could say, you know, I'm just not used to that, Lord. I mean, you know, my background is just somewhat different than this. Nah. Let the others shout. I'm going to tell you something, beloved. If your victory depended on the shout, you better shout. If your deliverance from cancer depends on the shout, you better shout. If your deliverance from any disease depends on your shouting, you better shout. If whatever from God depends on you to shout, you better shout. Amen? And once again, that's not just saying, well, that's what you think or somebody else thinks. No, this is Shabbat. This is a Hebrew word that instructs us in the way of the Lord that tells us there are times that God expects us to shout. Look at Psalm 32, if you would, please. Well, let's look at verse 7 first. Well, verse 6. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah, or think about it. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye, be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Sounds like Psalm 5, doesn't it? He'll compass him about. Now notice this. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. That's what it said. Ye righteous. Are you the righteous? I said, are you the righteous? If you are the righteous, he said rejoice and shout for joy. Shout for joy. Why is it we are constantly reminded to shout for joy? Because sorrow is destructive. Amen? Depression. Oppression. Those are destructive forces. And so God says there are times when you're going to have to shout for joy. Not to bring down the walls of Jericho, but the walls of depression. The walls of emotional upheaval. The walls of despair. Sometimes the walls of disease. And many different walls that are up in our lives. We can bring them down with a shout. I believe God. I trust in Him and I rejoice. And the more the enemy tries to come and bring sorrow, sorrow to your heart, no, I rejoice. 
and shout for joy because the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. It's your fortified place. Why is it your fortified place? Because God says, I'll be your hiding place. The place of refuge. The place of protection. In the shout. You're shouting. God is compassing you about with mercy. There is a shield about you. Can you see that? You are defended by the glory of God. Look at Psalm 65. I like this one. It talks about nature's shout. You know nature has a shout? Verse 13 says, The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. Shabbat. They also sing. I believe there's going to come a time when redemption is complete that the whole earth will shout for joy. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the trees of the field clap their hands and let the sea roar. Amen. 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 Let them shout for joy. Amen. Look at Psalm 106. In Psalm 106. In verse 47. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. In verse 47, we have the word triumph. It is the word Shabbat. This is a psalm of redemption. And it talks about when God's people praise Him, there is triumph. Just as there was triumph in the days of Joshua and the walls came down, just as there was triumph in the days of Jehoshaphat and the armies were dispelled and destroyed, there is also victory in our lives as we learn to praise God accordingly. In times of adversity and trouble, we are to pray unto God and then we are to express praise. We can express it by the lifting of our hands, the agreeing uh, uh, with the Word of God, and also with shouts of joy. Can you see why it's important to have shouts of joy in your life if we're told to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations? Because it's not natural to have joy. And so there are times we're shouting, maybe not just for the benefit of God. I mean, I think God hears. He's got pretty good hearing, wouldn't you say? Sometimes we've got to shout it out of ourselves. Just shout it out. Shout that devil out and his thoughts. Shout those thoughts out. Be stern and know that he is God. Your trust is in him. I want you to see another. Look at Psalm 47. Why do we do these things? Here's why. Verse 1, Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all ye people. Whisper unto the Lord. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. With the voice of what? Shabbat. 
shout, Shabbat, triumph, Shabbat, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. He shall subdue. What did Psalm 81 say there? Those of you that were with us and are coming to praise, he said he would subdue the enemy. Bring him into submission. That's exactly what God said he would do. Shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. The, the Lord, most high, is terrible. He is a great king of all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us. And also the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. Selah, think about it. God, I like this one. If there isn't anything I've said so far to get your shouter turned up, your volume level turned up, if this doesn't do it, we've got to get your shouter fixed. God is gone up with a shout. God is gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Can you see that? You begin to shout, God begins to go up. You begin to shout, let God arise. And the enemy be what? Splattered. Amen? So we shout. God begins to arise. He inhabits the praises of His people. The Shabbat. Here. He manifests Himself and the darkness is dispelled. Look at Second Chronicles. Chapter 13. Let's see. Let's base it on what the Word of God says. Well, if you want joy, you're going to have to shout for it in times. And if you will... The joy of the Lord will be your strength. God will begin to manifest Himself in the shout, and the enemy will be dispelled. Amen. Amen. Verse 13, 2 Chronicles 13, verse 13. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them, so they were before Judah, and the ambushment was behind them. And when Judah looked back, now remember, they're fighting with each other. Israel, Judah. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind. That's trouble. Right? And they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. Now look, they're in trouble. They're getting ambushed from behind and they're getting attacked from the front. You ever been there? That's when the wilderness is a jungle. Wouldn't she say? And so all of a sudden they see themselves in a terrible situation. The priests begin to blow the trumpet and they begin to shout. And as the men of Judah whispered. See, I keep saying that, beloved, because we have to emphasize this. It doesn't say when they whispered. It doesn't say when they softly express themselves. It doesn't say when they practice their own personal way of worshiping God. It says when they shouted. When they shabbat. When they shouted. See, and sometimes we don't get things manifested because we don't shout. There are times when you've got to shout. When they shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam. And all Israel before Abiah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah. And God delivered them into their hand. When did deliverance come? 
when they shouted. Look at Psalm 63. In Psalm 63, teaching along this line, you'll find Psalm 63 to be very powerful. Because we have different words here for praise. And it gives us better understanding how we are to employ the different means and modes of worship and praise in our personal lives. Even publicly when we gather together like this. Look at verse 1. O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, and my flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory, so as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary. Because Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips, my lips, my lips shall praise Thee. My lips shall praise Thee is Shabbat. My lips shall praise Thee. In other words, it's not talking about just a soft type of praise. I'm going to use my voice to praise you. You're going to hear me. See, sometimes we think of, of, of respecting God, and, and, and that's proper. We should reverence God and respect Him, but it means to be quiet only. But it doesn't imply just being quiet when we, when we have reverence before God. I would say that they were reverencing God when they shouted around the walls of Jericho, wouldn't you? Why? Because He said do it. And when God ever instructs us to shout, if we want to honor, respect, and reverence Him, then we should shout. Now, once again, you just can't take it because I said shout or someone else tells you to shout. I'm talking about a, a, a shout that originates inside your heart. Yes. Starts from your toes. Works its way up your calves. And just begins to rise up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Prompted by the meditation, you know, that you have on the Word of God. And it just begins to well up on the inside of your spirit. You prayed that prayer of faith. You know God's on your side. You're doing like David. Yes. The glory of God. Yeah, I remember. Amen. The glory of God. Remember that time I had trouble and difficulty? I remember the glory of God and the power of God that was made manifest. And before you know it, you're just in a zone Amen. with God. Amen. Your spirit, man, begins to bubble over with joy and rejoicing. Amen. And you just let out a shout that my God reigns. Glory to God, my God reigns. He's on my side. He works for me. He's in me. He is with me. My lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless thee. That's another word, Barak. While I live, I will what? Yada. What will I do? Lift up my hands. See where it's coming from though? It's all coming from here. In thy name. Amen. This is adoration, beloved, with a loud voice. Amen. I don't know if you've ever seen it that way, but it's adoration with a loud yes. voice. Next word, Zamar. I'm going to ask our praisers and musicians to come right now, if they would, please. But I want you to maintain what you're doing. Zamar right. means to sing with an instrument or to celebrate praise and song. It's, trans, it's Z-A-M-A-R, if you're taking notes. Z-A-M-A-R, it's Amar. It means to sing with an instrument or to celebrate praise in song. It's translated in the scriptures, sing, praise, or sing praise. Now, I thought we'd get through a lot of this, but we're not going to. But we, I'm going to give you something that, that is just, just so, right now, just heavy upon my heart. Sometimes we do things in vain repetition. God doesn't want that. 
Look at Psalm 66, if you would please, while I'm saying this, because this word samar instructs us to sing with musical instruments or accompaniment. Sing praise unto God. Let's begin at verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto God all ye lands. There comes a time when we should unite together with instruments of music. See, you know in our modern, modern types of religions, there are those that don't believe in using musical instruments in a church. Some of you may even come out of something like that. And they say because there's not much mentioned about it in the New Testament. Well, is God still God? Does he want us to make a joyful noise unto him? Yes, Verse 2, sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Notice, they'll submit to you. All the earth shall worship thee. Are you part of the earth? Yes. Amen. And shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. All the earth. And the word here is Samar. And if you're on earth, that's here. Regardless if it was then or now, if you'll sing praise, what will he do? You'll get your enemy to submit themselves to you. That's right. See, very often we'll even say it during a meeting. We've been singing praise unto God. And something took place out there in the spirit realm. Amen. The darkness was dispelled, right? Yeah. It was dispelled. Yeah. And you knew something took place. You knew something happened. Notice, sing. Make a joyful noise and sing unto the Lord your God. In Psalm 47. Psalm 47. Verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Sing praises with understanding. Notice. Sing praises with what? See, it's one thing to sing praises. It's another thing to sing praises with understanding. I will sing praise unto God with understanding. In other words, I know that as I sing praise, some are unto God, the God that I serve is going to begin to manifest himself. He's going to cause my enemy to submit to me because it's a covenant that I have with him. And so I'm going to sing praise unto the Lord God Almighty. I will sing praise unto his name. He will inhabit my praise. He will defend me. He will protect me. He will deliver me. Key of G. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.